On Wednesday night, in a must-win game against Oklahoma, it was the Sooners who were the more desperate team, with Oklahoma beating West Virginia 72-62 at the WVU Coliseum. Oklahoma's Tanner Grove scored 21 points, while West Virginia struggled to get anything going offensively. West Virginia's Gabe Osaboyan scored a career-high 17 points, but Sean McNeil and Tash Sherman combined for only 19 points. West Virginia is now 2-5 in conference play, and things do not get any easier for a West Virginia team on a four-game losing streak, while still having more than half of their conference schedule left in the toughest conference in America. This is the BlueGoldSports.com podcast. What's going on, everyone? West Virginia just lost to Oklahoma 72-62. I'm Wesley Shoemaker, joined by Aaron Parker here tonight on the Blue and Gold Sports podcast. Mountaineers struggled offensively in another rough loss. Mountaineers, Sooners both needed this game, and Oklahoma seemed to be the more desperate team all night in the loss. Uh, Aaron, thoughts on the loss to Oklahoma? Um. Simply disappointing. Um, I said in the last episode that I thought the Oklahoma game for the Mountaineers would be a game that, that they needed to come out as inspired as ever. And I saw just no inspiration and a lot of um, a lot of inspiration on the Sooners. And they had lost four straight, a couple of tough, heartbreaking losses in there, and they wanted a whole heck of a lot more than WVU did. That's what I saw. Yeah, I saw an offense that couldn't get anything going. When Gabo Saboy and your defensive specialist is your leading scorer, that's not good. There was a point in the first half, and I, I think I wrote this down. West Virginia went from like the 15-minute mark to like the two-minute mark, I believe, the first half, something like that. And they scored six points, all coming from Osaboyan. Um That's not offense. That's not good offense. And Bob Huggins said that after the game. Huggins said – First thing he said, we didn't run offense. Uh, we have been above average defensively. Our offense hasn't been good for quite a while, so you try to fix it. I went through and watched a whole bunch of years of our former guys and how they got open and why they got open and what we ran. So we tried to put some of that in. The reality is they didn't run that either. I'm not blaming them. It's my fault. I'm in charge of fixing it, and I didn't. I didn't fix it. I think Huggins is starting to see that this team is not last year's team. I think he's seen that, but I think – this team relies so heavily on McNeil and Sherman when those guys cannot get going. Um, McNeil didn't have any points in the first half. He didn't score until he shot two free throws in the second half. And then when you have Tash Sherman, who scores only two points in the second half, you're not going to win a ball game like that. Yeah, I definitely don't have all the answers for the offense, but uh, I do know that that didn't look good at all. The offense, you know, it's January. It's not time to hit the panic button, but I think I think the Mountaineers could be in a little bit of trouble with um, with what we've seen, especially tonight. Offense is not good. Sean, again, another night of struggles. Not that he shot the ball bad. He just he didn't shoot the ball. He, um, frankly, he looked like a statue out there. Didn't really get open. Unfortunately, Taz has lost a step offensively, and I'm sure most of that is in part to COVID. You know, definitely not his fault, but turnovers are still there. And you can just tell that he's lost a step. And, um, you know, you're not getting anything from Keeter and Johnson on offense. You're not getting anything any evening from Isaiah Cottrell. So, you know, it's it's not looking too good on the offensive end right now. Yeah, for, for me, the biggest thing was we talked about how desperate both teams had to be. And until last eight, ten minutes of the second half, if that, 
Oklahoma was the more desperate team, and it was not close. Oklahoma was flying around on defense. Oklahoma was going after every rebound. And I feel like on West Virginia, there were some guys that seemed to be caught ball watching, and you can't get caught ball watching and try to win games and try to win games in the Big 12. And now you're sitting at two and five, I believe it is, in the Big 12, and you got a tough one against Arkansas. Then you got to go to Baylor on Monday night. Then you got to come home to Texas Tech. And theoretically, West Virginia, who's lost four straight, could be looking at a seven-game losing streak by next Saturday. Yeah, it's entirely possible. To speak on Oklahoma, I, you know, I was down there for the game, and I was right near their bench area, and you could just tell they wanted it more. Tanner Groves was was into it the whole time, um, while a little bit mouthy, but he was, you know, they they you could tell they were the more desperate team. Unfortunately, WVU just the enthusiasm was not there all night. They got help from Dez and Oklahoma got help from from Jacob Groves, who was only averaging a few points a game. I had a feeling he was going to come out and score double digits, and he did that with 12 points, shooting four of six. And yeah, they they were more desperate, and now WVU is in that spot at Oklahoma was in two and five in big 12 play. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're the Mountaineers are looking at a tough three or four game stretch. So it's time yeah. to be desperate. Yeah. And the one thing that got me was this defense has kept them in games all year for West Virginia. And this defense allowed Tanner Groves to go nine for 11 from the field. Um, allowed Jacob Groves to go four of six from the field. When you allow a team to shoot over 50% from the field, that's just that's just not good. And for a team that has hung their hat on defense this whole year because they don't have that go-to score, it's it's just not a winning formula when that happens. No. Now Tanner Groves could he did whatever he wanted to tonight. Um, unfortunately, two or three or four of those buckets came when it seemed like Isaiah Cottrell got caught in a switch up up at the top of the key or the wing, and it would be somebody big or somebody small on Groves, and Groves was yep. scoring that every time. And even in the one-on-one matchup, he's just he's just better than Cottrell, and frankly, it's not close. And he, he did whatever he wanted to tonight, um, and I saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate part. The unfortunate part is this West Virginia team – who was already in desperate need of a win is now in more desperate need of a win. And it didn't look like they were are in a spot where they can go get a win. I don't see this team the way they played tonight, beating Baylor, beating Kansas, beating Texas, beating any of the teams you have to beat if you want to make the tournament. And I think in the next couple of weeks, if they don't get their things turned around, I think the tournament is a big question mark. One thing I want to get to is tonight we saw a West Virginia team that shot 16 threes and made four. Um, obviously, Sherman and McNeil didn't get going. Um, Sherman made one three. McNeil made one three. They both went one of four from three. And West Virginia as a team shot 25% on pace with those two scores. I, I don't – my question for you, Aaron, is if this team isn't making three-pointers, and the, obviously there's times where they're not going to make three-pointers like tonight – what what can they do offensively when they don't have that inside guy? Well, the answer is simply not much. Um, the Mountaineers' leading scorer was Gabo Saboyan, and that's he did that seventeen, I believe, was a career high yeah. for Osaboyan. career high. Yep, uh, yeah, that's scary when when Gabe is the main scorer, and he he seemed like the one that that wanted to be out there and and play. You would want 
when J when Taz and Sean are struggling, you would want, you know, JV and Cottrell to give you maybe 20 combined or something like that. Mountaineers just aren't getting that. So, you know, I'm not really sure because the other interior players, Paul Cap, Kerrigan and Cottrell, it's just, it's not there. DC went out with a couple fouls early and he didn't, we didn't see him again. Um, Cottrell's one of six, Paul Cap can't make a shot. So right now it's not much. Um, it has been Malik Curry. Wasn't there tonight, but I think going forward, Malik Curry's going to um, stay consistent. So hopefully um, the Mountaineers can find him some more looks. Yeah, one thing Huggins talked about uh, this week and then kind of went back to it post game is he talked about there might be lineup changes. Obviously, we didn't see any lineup changes. Um, but what we did see is we did see an opportunity of Jamel King. He got in there. Um, Huggins said after the game, he apologized to his two freshmen. I believe he hinted that it was Jamel who didn't get a lot of playing time and Seth. Uh, Seth Wilson, who he said they had a really good week in practice and just didn't play. But Huggins also said something about attitude. And this strikes me because all year we've been hearing about how good these guys are on and off the court. But he talked about Porter Moser and he talked about the transfer portal because Huggins, Oklahoma, excuse me, had four players return from last year's team. And Porter Moser came in from Loyola Chicago and he has completely turned things around. Um, and so Huggins seemed mad, not with the, his players as much as with himself. He just seemed frustrated that the guys he brought in aren't doing what he thought they would do. He said, uh, he basically said, Porter Moser brought in guys that can play basketball. I brought in guys that I thought were going to be athletes to hang with Baylor in Kansas. And you tell me if I'm wrong, Aaron, but. I think he's saying that he failed the transfer portal, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I hadn't heard that quote up until now, and that kind of seems like what he's hinting at. Porter Moser's a great coach, and for a guy to come into a, a new big program like that and immediately here, 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 here's the quote. Portal. Here's the quote. Quote, we have to run offense. We don't run offense. We told them these guys run great offense, talking about Oklahoma. Porter did a great job of bringing in guys who had basketball skills. We're thinking probably too much that we had to get some athletes in here to compete with the Baylors and the Kansases. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, Porter Moser did a great job in the portal getting Groves, the Groves brothers from Eastern Washington. They both put up 20-30 against Kansas, and, you know, he's done it with some other players. He's done a great job. Um, as far as Huggins goes, yeah, you know, maybe maybe it has been sort of a, a flop to a degree this year, but but guess what? This team is getting dismantled after this year. You're, you're returning JB. You're returning – Hopefully, maybe. You're, yeah, like, at yeah, this point, you you're, return, you're looking at returning JB, Cottrell, and maybe getting one or two of those seniors to – try to get an extra year of eligibility, but you're going to have to dip McNeil in. still has yeah. an extra year left, but I'm not sure if he yeah. is coming back. You're going to have to dip into the portal again if you're Huggins. So if he wants to continue to, to keep chugging along, you know, he's going to have to get a, a plan together on, on how, to, how to fix the mistakes of going after the portal and getting actual basketball, basketball players that can contribute right away instead of just athletes, quote-unquote. So I agree with you there, and I'm gonna I'm kind of gonna pivot here. Um, biggest takeaways. Uh, my biggest takeaway is when this West Virginia team does not run offense and they cannot get a stop on the inside on defense, and 
they are not making their perimeter shots, they're not going to win any games. Obviously, most teams won't win games that way, but this team, which relies so much on turning defense and offense, forced 17 turnovers tonight, got 17 points off those turnovers, and then let Oklahoma shoot 51% from the field, and that's just not a winning formula. Yeah. Uh, my biggest takeaway is, is – is- is on the offensive end, like you said, we're not the the Mountaineers aren't going to win any of those games when Sean Taz aren't aren't drilling threes left and right and and shooters aren't getting hot. So I saw what I saw tonight, and I've seen it a good bit this season and a lot in the Big Twelve season. Is just this is a lot of being stagnant on offense, just a lot of Kedrian dribbling, and then it turns into nothing and no help for Taz. Sean can't get open. Huggins, Sean, Huggins, Huggins said his offense yeah. sometimes is like a ball. They just run yeah. into each other. Yep, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what I saw. Um, so that's my takeaway is the offense looks really, really bad at this point. And if the Mountaineers want to break away from this losing streak and, and do well in the gauntlet of the Big 12, the offense needs to have changes right now. The one thing I will say, and I'm going to give Huggins credit here, is he's trying to make a change. Um he said, all I know is I'm going to do my best. I know how important Mountaineer basketball is to the people in the state of West Virginia. We've had, we've had before this point, we've averaged over 11,000 people in here. That's never happened before. So I understand. I understand how important it is, and I understand how much they plan their schedules around it, and I apologize to them. JB, after the game, also said, we have to try to get back to West Virginia basketball because this right now, I don't know what this is. Now, this is a good sign, at least to me, that, these losses aren't just flying over their heads. I think Huggins has been frustrated this year when this team has had games where it seems like the new guys he's kind of referenced, not directly, obviously, but indirectly, have said that it doesn't mean anything because there's so many stops in the transfer portal and they're just here and it doesn't mean as much as a four-year guy or three-year guy or a guy like JB who's from Fairmont, West Virginia. Um so I do think that's a good thing, but I think the bad thing is that they're still losing basketball games. You got to win these games. You got to you've got to beat an Oklahoma team that's lost four straight on your home floor in the Big Twelve if you want to have a chance at making the tournament. And they did not do that tonight. Yeah, yeah, I I see it a lot with with JB is 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 how much he cares, and we all know how much Hugs cares. So this this Oklahoma loss could be a turning point if if they want it to be. Um, you know, this is a chance to, to regroup and say, hey, we've lost four straight. We're two and five in the Big 12, and that puts us at, at the bottom of the conference right now. And you still have not just some work, but you have plenty of work to do to try to get yourself into the NCAA tournament. So this has to be a turning point, and hopefully guys can rally on somebody like JB who has grown up in West Virginia, and it means more to him. Hopefully they can, they can feed off his energy and, and get behind that because this could be a turning point if they want it to be, or it could be a low point of the season where, where things get worse after it's, it's, I think it's their decision. The problem for West Virginia, in my opinion, is I think after tonight, Arkansas is a must win, but you can't keep making games must yeah. wins against these hard teams over and over again. Cause at some point it's just either going to catch up to you or you're just not going to win all these games. Yeah, agreed. It's 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 getting to the point where every game is a must win, and that's that's you know that's tough. Arkansas is a tough opponent, and honestly, I don't think West Virginia has had much success in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. They have not. They have so, had almost zero yeah. success in the Big Twelve yeah. SEC Challenge. I, I think I think the Mountaineers beat A and M back like five years ago or something. I don't remember another time they won. So yeah, it, it's a tough 
must win and asking them to win at Baylor is almost impossible. So it's like, you know, at some point it, it's going to, they're going to get, they're either yeah, gonna at some point they're going to get they're, over their heads. Yeah. You know? yep. That's why winning at Oklahoma, winning Oklahoma on your home, home floor is so important. Um, any other big things you want to hit on game wise, or do you want to get to game balls? Uh, can't think of anything. We can go to game balls. All right, um, I'll go first. Uh, game ball, West Virginia gave Osaboyan. Osaboyan, five of six from the field, seven of ten from the line, and, man, he worked his butt off tonight. I think there was a sequence there um, in the second half. West Virginia was, I think, down 10 or 12 after being down 17. Um, Gabe comes down. There's a missed shot, and it looks like Oklahoma has an easy rebound. Gabe just catches it, comes to the floor, gathers himself, and then – they get, they get a bucket off that. He finds Malik Curry getting the layup. I think Gabe is so valuable to this team. And if there's one person who I think this actually does mean something to, it's Gabe. He, he, can, um, he, can, he can get this team right defensively. And, he, and after the game, he was the most pissed off, I think. He, 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 in the post-game press conference, he didn't have much to say, but the look on his face was a look of determination and just being mad. One more thing I forgot to get to. Um, that I want to get to before I let you do game balls, if you don't mind. Um, you're on your home floor, and you've got a crowd. You've you've got a crowd of, even though it wasn't a big crowd, you've got a student section right by the floor. But that crowd you're wasn't right. in the game. They were they were in the game except for maybe twice. Yeah. Um, and if you don't let your crowd in the game, you're just not going to win games. So that's all for me. Um, game ball for you. What you got? Uh, well, if we're doing for West Virginia, it's got to be Gabe Osaboyan. Seeing seeing his heart out there, and he did everything he could to try to get the Mountaineers back in the game. So he'll get it uh, for West Virginia. The obvious one for Oklahoma would be Tanner Groves getting 21, but I'm going to give it to Jacob Groves because I just I had a feeling he was going to come out and score double digits. The Mountaineers seem to like to, to give these these players that have been struggling, you know, opportunities to, to kind of go off on them, and, and he hit that big. A buzzer beater went four of six from the field, and he got a big 12 in a game that Oklahoma won by 10. So, yeah, an- another one I'll give to in Oklahoma actually is Umoja Gibson. Gibson, he scored only two points in the first half, but in that second half, West Virginia kept trying to get back in the game, back in the game, and he hit back to back big time three pointers on back to back possessions. And when you have a guy like that who has been here, done that, and can kind of calm things down, make big shots. I think that's big for Oklahoma. I think he's one of the reasons why they won this game. Emoja mm-hmm. Gibson's very good, and he showed us that last year. Um, WVU could not stop him in either game. And, um, you know, he was not the best player tonight, but he was definitely an X factor, and, and he made a difference for sure. So if you don't have anything else, that is all for tonight. Once again, West Virginia loses 72-62 to 62 on their home floor at the WVU Coliseum. Mountaineers are now 2-5 and five in Big 12 play and face a tough Arkansas team on Saturday afternoon on the road. I'm Wesley Shoemaker, joined by Aaron Parker, live from the West Virginia Coliseum. Uh, if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. This is the BlueGoldSports.com podcast.